This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Welcome to Dental All-Stars. I'm Eric Vickery, President of Coaching at All-Star Dental Academy. And I am so excited to interview our guest today, Alistair McCaw. I've been following him or, or stalking him on social media for a few years now. I love everything that he has to offer. We're going to have an amazing coach come on and talk about how to create success. So he's truly an amazing coach and, and he's going to go over all that. Uh, we're going to ask him some questions. And what you need to know about him is he's a six-time best-selling author and speaker He's recognized as one of the world's foremost figures in leadership, team culture, and mindset. Hopefully that sounds familiar to our listeners. For over 30 years, he has consulted and worked with some of the most successful leaders, coaches, athletes, and organizations in the world. Having spoken in no less than 50 countries, he continues to fulfill his passion and purpose by teaching, inspiring, and motivating people all over the world. He resides in South Florida. You'll be able to tell by his accent uh, that he's in, from South Florida. Uh, so welcome, Alistair. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Eric. Um, I'm not too sure about my accent being from Florida, but then again, there's so many different people down here. It's like a melting pot. So, uh, <laughs> yes. It's great to be with you. Thanks. Thanks so oh, much. I'm, it, it's my joy to get to interview you. I've been wanting to discuss just the things that you talk about with our clients, with our listeners. And I would just really want to get your insights on how to help dentists, their team members on a successful mindset, a, a successful leadership model, a culture. So I know this is your your forte, your niche, the things that you focus on, but you really do focus a lot on athletes and their mindset, right? Is that is that really your your primary focus, or what would you say? Not not necessarily. I mean, no? that that is my background. Um, okay, I was in the sports performance field for a good twenty five years, and uh, was lucky to to be at all the the grand slams and majors and all those those events that you know you you dream mm. of as a kid to be at. So I was around Olympians and world champions and got to work with all these great athletes. But um, I'd say in the last 10 to 15 years, uh, transitioned over to to leadership, to team culture, organizational culture. But really, it comes down to the same thing. It yeah. comes down to getting the best out of the individual and, and uh, understanding what motivates them. Yeah. Yeah. I see your book, uh, Champion Mindset, right there that I love. Uh, it's, it's a great book. It has some great uh, nuggets in it for people just focusing on how to be successful, starting with yourself. So, that word successful, how do you define success? That seems like such a, an intangible thing. Well, that's a great way to start. Um, and and that, that's a great first question because it's one of the questions I asked uh, when I speak at a live audience and, or in a conference, for example, is, is who wants to be successful? And of course, all the hands go up immediately. Yeah. And then the second question I ask is, would you be able to define success for yourself? And this is a great question for, for the listeners right now. Mm. Would you be able to define success if, if, uh, clearly? And it's just amazing is because uh, I would say less than 30% of the hands go up uh, after that second question. So everybody yeah. wants to be successful, but you if you haven't defined it, mm. it's almost like getting in your car and driving somewhere, but you're not exactly sure where you're going. You're driving uh, but you're not sure where you're going. So how would I define success? You know, Eric, it's changed over the years. We all adapt. We all evolve. Um, people that are listening to this podcast right now are people who are investing in themselves. So I know that, you know, when you invest in yourself more, you evolve, you change. I definitely know I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I'm sure you're not. And I'm sure the listeners would agree that mm. you're not the same person you were five years ago. There's been 
uh, a lot of things that have happened there, good and bad, that have changed your your beliefs, changed your values, changed your life, for example. So, you know, in my 20s, success to me was probably like most 20-year-olds, fame, fortune, um, and I, you know, a, a sports car, uh, <laughs> a, a good-looking girlfriend, all these things of when you're, you know, maybe 20 years old. Uh, 30 that changed where reality hits you a little bit in the face where you've got to pay the bills you've got to mm. and of course that already started in my 20s but um, you know perspective changes then into your 40s for example but where I am right now and that is late 40s um, of course uh, for me um, the ability to get up and to choose my day so in other words I would say to uh, say that success is freedom it's mm. the ability to get up choose my day and 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 choose who I want to do it with and I'm very fortunate to be in that position through years and years of hard work and graft to be able to get up and choose my day and choose my schedule, for example. And, and to me, that is that is success. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Every time we start with a client, we talk about vision and, and these sorts of things. They, you have to define success as a coach. I'm not going to tell you what success is. You got to define it. And then I'm going to give you some pointers throughout that process. I, I couldn't agree more. So you mentioned freedom, you mentioned choosing. So you start to tap into finding that out for yourself and defining it for yourself. Let's talk purpose. Why, why, why is it important? But, but also, how do you find it? How does one really figure that out? Find their why, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, you know, I'm very, very fortunate. One of my passions is to work with younger people as well and, and you know, high, uh, elementary, high school uh, and, and students in college. And, um, you know, of course, that's a very challenging period as well, especially in college, you know, that, that, mm. that daunting task of, of going out into the real world and finding yourself, for example. But it's a question I get quite a lot, uh, especially from that generation, you know, the, the 20, young 20-year-olds, 20 25-year-olds, et cetera, is, you know, how do I find my purpose? And my best advice there is to try as many things as possible, to experience as many things as possible. I always believe traveling at a young age. It's one of the, the, the first bits of advice I give uh, young people um, is, is to travel as much as you can. It really opens up your, your mind. It opens up your world. Uh, build as many relationships as you can. That's that's important as well. I think if there's something I would change, and this is actually one of the next books I'm working on, um, you know, if there were things I could change when I was in my 20s, and I don't, I wouldn't say I have regrets about it because everything happens for a reason, is to build more connections and build relationships. And that shouldn't stop at any any time in your life. Uh, you know, those are the, that's the key to happiness as well, as we know from, from studies, is that your relationships is the key to, key to happiness. But finding your purpose is really about trying as many things as possible, experiencing many things as possible, seeing what you, what, uh, what you enjoy doing. And, mm. uh, you know, maybe, maybe you've heard of Ikigai, which is the Japanese theory of uh, finding your purpose, finding your passion, finding something that you get, you get paid for um, uh, something that's a vocation, for example. And I'm very, very fortunate. I know that not everybody's in this position and, and this is, this is my purpose. So this is where we're going with on this is to help as many people achieve their purpose to yep. realize their, their, their purpose in life as well. And I've been very fortunate through trial and error and, and, and lots of failures to get to that place of being able to help others. And that's what fulfills me. That's my purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to say everyone's important. It doesn't matter who you run to. It's that relationship is key. It, it teaches you something. There's always something to learn from somebody. 
no matter where they are in life. And, and the second thing, I, I actually tell a story a lot to clients and people who come to our seminars. I hated dentistry. Absolutely hated it. I didn't know what, I was like, what am I doing here for about five months? And then I realized when I wrote my vision, I'll never forget Dr. David Pierce sitting on an air, uh, airplane next to me from Baltimore back to Augusta, Maine, where we were flying into, I guess it was Augusta, Maine, maybe Boston. And he helped me write out my vision, just showing me how to do this. And I was young. I was 24 years old. And I realized that I find my joy in helping others get results. And just got off a meeting with with a, a, a person I've worked with for over 15 years in Alaska. And she was telling stories about how the team members around her were impressed with the skill sets she had. And she was, you know, thanking me for that. And that I said, well, you're filling my why cup today. Then, you know, that finding that, that joy in that is, is incredible. And so hating dentistry, but loving what I do, I, I may not, I don't know how to do a filling. I'm not, you know, people often say, are you a dentist? Just because I'm a guy, I suppose. But yeah, I, I wouldn't even, I don't even like looking in patient's mouth. I'd pass out if I saw blood. So I don't really love dentistry per se. Like I love great looking teeth. I love smiles. I love all of that part of it, but it's the, the process of patients getting healthy that I love. When patients walked out to me and said, oh my gosh, this has been the best experience ever. That brought me joy, not the bonding material that we used or anything like that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter what field you're in, what business you're in, you're in the people business. Yes. Uh, you know, regardless of, of, you know, who we're talking about now, dentistry or a shoe salesman or car or whatever it may be, you're in the people business. Yes. And each and every single one of us have the ability to make somebody somebody's day better. Um, I'm sure uh, because this is a, a, a dentistry or yeah. a dentist uh, podcast, you know, you 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 have the ability to put a smile on people's faces. Um, you know, I always That's say right. this. To, I always say this to coaches as well: is that we have a choice of where we go to to get coached, or where where we go to the dentist. I have a choice here in Florida, and I'm sure like around the United States is within probably uh, five miles. You have uh, you know more than ten, maybe yeah. you know. 10, 15 choices of which dentist to go to. Yeah. Um, and, and the dentist I choose is someone that I, I want to feel um, comfortable with. I want to feel safe with, but I also want to feel uh, that I enjoy my visit there uh, because, yeah. you know, let's face it as from a kid, you're, you're sometimes traumatized going to the dentist, but if uh, the receptionist is nice and, and, mm. and, and the, the environment is, is positive and, and so on and so forth, it can be a, an enjoyable experience. 100% agree. I tell my clients all the time, sure, we're, we're in the tooth industry, but we're in the relationship business. And you 100%. have to get, yeah, you have to get, there, there's a person, a tooth didn't walk through the door, right? There's a person attached to the teeth. And, and that's what earns the right to do the tooth part that you love is, is the people part. All right. I love well, it. Know, just, just to jump in there. Sorry, yeah. Eric, you know, Carnegie Institute, Institute, you know, did the study where you know, 85% of your financial success is going to come down to your interpersonal skills. And, yep. and you know, uh, this is something I like to say to, to sports coaches is that, you know, people don't come to you for your exercises. People come to you for your energy mm. uh, because they have a choice. And, yeah. and, you know, same can be applied to any industry is that we come to you for, for, for your, your energy. Yeah. Your interpersonal skills. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, that, that's what, that's what brings people back. I'm so glad to hear you say that. We in our in our 
level one seminar, we have a slide, Carnegie U says right on there, it says 15% of your success is from your technical expertise, your foundation, and 85% is from your people skills, your energy, your ability, your EQ, right? Your relationship management. So just amen to that. I love it. So someone's listening to this right now, start really thinking about what you, what you enjoy to, to determine your purpose, what brings, you, what brings you joy, what are your passions, and how do you get that through your profession? Is that a fair synopsis? Yeah. Again, you know, it, it's people. Um, yeah. I would say in my first half of my career, I didn't necessarily want to work with certain people and, and that's just being honest, mm-hmm. but it teaches you how to get along with others to, to, uh, mm. understand the differences. You know, when yeah. you're in a team environment, not everybody's going to have the same beliefs, the same values, uh, the same background as you, but it teaches you how to work together. Uh, we're not always going to agree together, but you know, respect is, is one of the keys, but, I would say later on in life now, um, and you know, your very first question was define success was that I get to choose my day. I get to choose my people yeah. that I want to work with. And that's where I am in my life like right now. And regardless of what age you are in your life, if that's something that appeals to you, you can work towards that, but you've really got to put in, in, you know, in, in the, in the hours and in the hard work to, to get to that point. But I'm super so fortunate that I'm, I'm able to, you know, I've, I've, I've turned down clients. I've turned down, uh, possible uh, projects that I maybe just didn't align with or, mm. or saying it didn't like the people. That's not the case as well, because we can't always be around people we like. It doesn't mm. teach us how That's to, good. You know, it doesn't teach us how to, to adapt and to understand other, other opinions. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a key thing in, in, in building your personality is understanding others, you know, yeah. um, you know, we talk about emotional intelligence is, is is a big one where, you know, first of all, your personal competence, knowing yourself is key, but your social competence, understanding others better. Yeah. And the best people in 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 the fields of in different fields of 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 work and sports understand others better. Yes. Uh, so true. So true. I, I love it. We use our our we go disc personality profile, we do strengths finders and we do emotional intelligence. So everything that you're, you're about and what you talk about is, is so right on with where, where we want our leaders to be and our team members. And speaking of, of leaders, I got another question for you. So what are, what would you say? I don't know. Give me, give me top three qualities of leadership. Just wh- where do you fall on that? Um, like anything else, it's got to be something that you're passionate about. Okay. And again, you know, we can go to purpose there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, leadership is not a job; it's not a title. Uh, you know, Simon Sinek says it well as well. You know, it's not a it's not a position. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, leadership is something you're called to. I I never, uh, you know, I never set out earlier on to be to become a leader. Mm. It's something you're called upon and something that pulls you. So um, I would say, first of all, it have to be something you're passionate about. Uh, mm-hmm. I you know, I spend my days reading up on on leadership listening to leadership podcasts not because i have to yeah but because i want to and i want yeah. to become a better leader not just not not in terms of leading others but in leading myself better because that's where it starts so that would be the first one i'd also say uh authenticity people can see right through you if you're not being true to yourself and who you really are as a person mm. uh you know being vulnerable shows your authentic self no one is no one is is inspired by a, a perfect leader you know, people are more inspired by your imperfections than your perfections and what you overcome. So, you know, people don't trust a leader that, you know, that that seems that they have everything in, yeah. in you know. Uh, they can't relate to that. 
they can relate to that exactly. Yep. Um, so that would be the second one, authenticity. I said the third one would be a great a great communicator, a great listener. Okay. And in my first book, actually, Seven Keys to Being a Great Coach, which is a great leadership book as well, because coaching is leadership and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about being an 80-20 communicator. Listen 80% of the time and, and communicate 20% of the time. Now, I wrote that book in my 30s because I was looking back at my 20s as a coach where I probably spoke 80% of the time. (laughs) I thought coaching and leadership was about telling other people what to do and instructing others. And what happens is when you talk, you don't learn. And I wasn't a good listener in my 20s. And when you're able, when you have the ability to to keep quiet, listen to what your client, your customer, your your athlete in front of you is saying and, and how they're feeling, that's when you can really tap into them. That's where the connection happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that changed for me. So become an 80-20 communicator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alfredo Pareto, that uh, guy, he, the economist from Italy who came up with the 80-20 principle. It works in so many ways, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I also agree with my my problem of speaking too much, too. <laughs> that would be my... Oh, you're a, po- you're a podcast host. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so to ask questions and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. S- such good points. So... My wife, uh, she she's so into thriving, uh, you know, avoiding burnout, all of these things. I love that. I love tapping into those, listening to podcasts and all that. And a lot of what you see has to do with habits and, and being a leader. How do you create habits and creating culture and habits? This word keeps coming up. So talk about habits, tips, um, how important are habits and building them? What's your perspective on that? Well, I think it's something I've seen in the most successful people, the most high performers, is that they have better habits. Um, They're more consistent in their habits. Mm. That that would be the difference. Now, they don't have everything perfect. We all have bad habits. Even great leaders and successful people have bad habits, including myself. Um, But there's more consistency in the habits that, that really matter. You know, I always believe, uh, you know, having a bedtime and, and having a wake up time and having structure, having a morning routine, having structure to your day is incredibly important. And this is something I try to pass on to the younger generation because there's more and more distraction today than there was maybe back back when I grew up uh, with electronics and so on and so forth. So there's more distraction. You know, I even find myself scrolling through Twitter, Instagram, uh, back over to email and so on, you know, before I've had breakfast. And is that a good habit? I, I don't think so. Um, because you can get easily just pulled into that. And all of a sudden it's 7.30. You were supposed to be somewhere 10 minutes ago. Um, so it's important to discipline yourself with, with the, the important habits and contribute to a productive day, to contribute to a better, a better self. Um, and, you know, something I always talk to about with, with my mentors is taking pen and paper and writing down, you know, what habits you'd like to eliminate, what, what new habits you'd like to introduce. And then we start just by one. Um, so the goal would be for this week is that we eliminate one habit and we introduce one habit. That's it. Even if you had 10, 15, 20 habits written down on that piece of paper and, um, something I believe, and this is, this is, uh, this is something I tried on myself and with a few clients as well is in the 99 theory. And what is that? I believe it takes, well, there's a theory that, you know, it takes 21 days. It takes 66 days. There's all these theories about how long it takes to build habits. I believe it takes at least 90 days. And uh, let me tell you why is because, you know, the 21, the 21 days or the 66 days we've tried this and with certain people as well. And there's, 
you know, it's it's easier to go off it. The longer you're in that um, uh, that momentum and and in that that pattern of doing things for longer than than ninety days, it becomes more ingrained. And then it takes nine days to lose a habit, uh, which you know we know know we can lose a habit very very quickly if you don't go to the gym for a few days. Then it starts to become. Ah well, you know, okay, I'll I'll go on I'll go on Thursday or I'll go on Friday or whatever it may be, or the or the most famous one, I'll go on Monday. Um, you know, or I'll start the diet on Monday, for example. But uh yeah, I believe it takes 90 days to build a habit and, and just nine days to lose one. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time when they come up with their New Year's resolutions, you know, motivation lasting seven days, these things that you hear is like don't don't bother making friends at the gym until January 9th. <laughs> because <laughs> they might not be there so i i that's a great i love that so the 99th you, know, you know by the end of february more than i think the stat is more than 77 percent have have ended their their new year's resolutions 77 percent. i thought, I thought to be honest with you i thought it would maybe be a little higher than that even mm. um but but by the end of february more than 77 percent have have failed on their on their new year's resolutions Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you even start to hear people say, I don't believe in resolutions. <laughs> like, yeah, because you, you are doing them. And so creating habits. So small steps, every, a bunch of small steps leads to a big thing. That 1% everyday type perspective. Is, is that in line with what you're, what you're suggesting? Yeah. Start small. Um, yeah. Build, build from there, you know, one day at a time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about the process, not getting too far ahead of yourself. Mm. You know, be realistic as well you know, why people fail New Year's resolutions and new habits is because they just go all out. You know, I'm going to be at the gym seven days a week and I'm going to eat salads and chicken every evening and have a protein shake in the morning. And, you know, after four days, that's just, that's just exploded. It's exhausting. Uh, so be realistic, you know, three times a week to the gym is a great, a great goal. Uh, you know, also something I challenge my, my clients to is, you know, just 20 minutes. If you can just do 20 minutes of exercise a day or walking, um, that's a great, great achievement. And I can't tell you how many uh, examples have gone on to, you know, making it a lifestyle because it was easy and achievable in the beginning. A lot of people give up on on habits and give up on exercise because, it, you know, it's not enjoyable and it's painful and uh, and so on and so forth. So, you know, start small. Yeah. 20 minutes a day is is a great target. Love it. And from a dental perspective, we have habits, our coaching hacks, verbal skills, you know, uh, EQ, the relationship management side, these systems that are, that are, we, we make sure they're, you can grab them, but their words start small, put little pieces together. And then what they do is they stack over time. So we don't give you the whole thing to try to implement at once. It's pieces and pieces and pieces, but you got to create habits through coaching, through practice, role-playing, repetition, all of that. So, Speaking of all of this, uh, so you obviously get to travel. You're, you, you see teams all around the world, and there's this word culture <laughs> that I'll hear clients speak to. They'll say, you know, I, I, I want to have this healthy culture, and it's this, it's intangible. It's, it's this word, but how do I create it? And so, speak to us about culture. What have you seen? What are some of the best cultures that you've seen as you've visited these these? Um, other businesses all over the world. What what could you share with us about culture? It all starts with the leadership, as as cliche and and obvious as that sounds. But you cannot have a great culture without great leadership from the top. Uh, you know, even if you have great leadership in the middle, for example, if they're still you know coming from the top, if there's not good leadership and good support there, then you know it's always going to be be a challenge. Uh, in great great cultures, I've seen 
um, more honesty, uh, more psychological safety, or mm. your ability to speak up if, if something's bothering you, because there's always going to be issues. You know, culture is a, is a moving dynamic. Each day brings its challenges. Wherever there's there's human beings involved, there's going to be be challenges and there's going to be different moods and different different energies in the building, for example. So how do you deal with those? Hmm. So in great cultures, um, there's more of an open, honest, honest culture. There's um, there's good communication, something we've already spoken about, uh, which we spoke about in, in leadership. Uh, there's good collaboration. Uh, and this is something where ego can get in the way of 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 good chemistry and good collaboration is is some people thinking that they're smarter than others or or above others for example um that can get in the way so collaboration is high in great great cultures you know this is the thing i like to tell a, a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of organizations is that you know being part of a team doesn't mean that you agree with everybody mm. you know you've got to come to a common uh a, a common um agreement in terms of it's not always going to go your way it's not always going to go along with what you you believe and you have to go along with that sometimes as well and support that idea even if you didn't support that idea and that's difficult i get it but that's what it means to be part of a team and part of an organization i would say if there's just one more thing um that i've seen in, in great cultures there's enjoyment it's an enjoyable environment uh, you know great cultures is where people enjoy to go to work as and it's as simple as that you look forward to, you know, find a job. I always like to say, find a job or career where you look forward to Monday morning. That's right. Um, and, and you know, that's that can be a challenge, but, you know, you're not stuck. You're not a tree. You have, you know, you have choices. Yes, is it uncomfortable? Um, but, you know, find a job that you you find a job in an, an environment that you love to go to. And it's, you know, one of the most uplifting and fulfilling experiences. Yeah, I I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. I have no idea how I ended up in the position I'm in and I wake up every morning and I go through my, my, I am statements. I go through my self-talk. I go through all that. And I, I get a smile on my face thinking about the opportunities that I have to speak in people's lives. And I, I, I again, I don't know what I did to deserve it. I'm not trying to devalue who I am at all, but I'm very, very thankful for where I'm at. And I think that Sometimes people always think there's just something better down the road. Maybe there is something better for me down the road, but I need to enjoy what's happening right now. And time goes by way too fast not to do that. So find some joy at the end of the day. Look back at that day and say, what was what was a win today? What was something that went really well today? And that that will be your, your 20% you need to find joy in. So you go home with a smile on your face. So gosh, I, lo I love that. So good. Uh, so let's talk about self-reflection, self-reflection, the importance of it. You know, you talk about this a lot. This is, I think, a key thing that I pick up from you in your social media and things you talk about. And so why is it important? What is it? Why is it important? Self-develop to, to self and self-leadership all comes from self-reflection. If you're not, don't have the ability to look within yourself and, 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 and see where you can improve, you're never going to get better. Um, you're never going to develop as a, you know, in your career or develop as in, in life. So I believe self-reflection is the key to self-development. It is the key mm. to self-leadership. Uh, it can be a very uncomfortable experience as well. But just, you know, as you mentioned there in that previous, uh, you know, previous question is, you know, you asked yourself that question, what did I do well today? Where was my win today? And that is, that is important self-reflection. So I have these three questions that I ask myself at the end of each day. 
And I used to journal them and I believe in journaling, which is, you know, a, a great tool. Now I just actually just, I think about them, but it's, it's been ingrained as a habit is when I put my head on the pillow, I ask myself, what did I do well today? Okay. It can be something very, very simple. Um, I got up uh, early. I felt tired, but I went to gym. That was a win. Okay. Did I have the best workout? No. Every day can't be, can't be yeah. Super Bowl day, but I got there. I did it. Um, so I'm proud of myself. That's a win. Uh, the second one is, is uh, what could I have done better today? So maybe I was a little bit snappy with a work colleague or somebody at the post office, for example. I could have maybe have been a little bit more polite or patient. So it's good that I'm noticing that instead of, you know, letting my ego take over and going, well, they deserved, they deserved that. <laughs> they, they, they were like, they stepped in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where we justify our, our, our poor behavior. And then the third one is, is who did I make better today? And, you know, I'm sure this aligns with you as well. Your purpose is making other people better. And, you know, this is something that's important for me is this is not just about me. What did I do well today? Mm. Who, uh, what could mm. I have done better today? That third question is, who did I make better today? Mm. And it could have been somebody on a, on a phone call. It could have been someone that I just gave a small compliment to at the at the store, thanking them for their service, whatever it could have been. And um, yeah, that's, that's how I self-reflect on a daily basis. Love it. Love it. So good. So a bonus question. We're running out of time. Bonus question. The word failure. So many people are stuck in can't get to growth because of this fear of failure. Just what is your perspective on that word failure? Failure is your greatest teacher. Does Does anybody enjoy it? No. Um, but failure has, has taught me more lessons than than ever before. You know, failure is not the the opposite of success. It is a part of it. Uh, with with all the successful and high performing people I've worked with, they've all gone through multiple failures and still do. Mm. And this is this is a key thing, Eric. And and this is a great way to to wrap it up. Is they're not afraid to fail. Still, you know, they're, they're successful, but they've un they understand they have a better relationship. They have a more deeper relationship with failure than the rest. So what does that tell us? That they're more, they have more of a growth-minded uh, approach to things. Yeah. Knowing that when I try new things, I might fail, but I will learn and I'll I'll move forward. You know that. What's that famous quote by I think Thomas Edison that he he failed a thousand times with with. <laughs> yeah. How many times did you electrocute yourself before you finally got something yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Got burnt up. Yeah. It, it is the most painful. Life experience is the most painful educator, but it is the most powerful one. If you do some of the things you're talking about right now, I, I just love everything that you, you talk about. I, I so agree with all of this. And from a business standpoint, those people who are listening to this, they're going to have failures. They're, they're afraid to make a change that could grow their business. And they're afraid to make that change and take that risk. And there's that risk reward thing where they just, they almost retreat back into mediocrity when they have this chance of really, and you can see it as a coach, you can say, wow, there's so much potential there. But yet they're like, I just want to go at this very, very, very slow snail pace and, and getting them to say, look, even if you fail that, you can always go back to how you're doing it before. You can always go back to this way. Why not give this a try and fail miserably and then succeed on the other side of that? So uh, I'm happy to hear uh, your answer. And I really appreciate your time. Um, how can, how can people who are listening, find you, uh, get your books? Um, what, how, where would you direct us? Sure. Um, thanks so much. Yeah. All the books are available on, on Amazon, which is, uh, the, the easiest place to, to get my books. 
And on social media, I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, which is at Alistair McCall, which is my name. And on Instagram, be champion minded. So those are probably the uh, the two best places on social media. Yeah, and uh, and then of course the books are on on Amazon. Love it. Yeah, be champion minded. That's I follow you. I, I love all your stuff. So thank, thank you, you so much for joining us again. And I want to let everybody know we at our growth summit. It'll be twenty twenty four growth summit. It'll be uh, the end of May. It'll be in Fort Lauderdale. And at that event. Uh, we do that a Friday, Saturday. On Sunday, we are adding Life Mastery. So uh, there'll be a whole day seminar on Life Mastery, how to thrive in your life, because you're human beings, whether you're at work or at home, it's all connected. So that would be a great place if you want to connect the dots on what we're talking about today to experience that from us. And of course, if you want coaching, you can reach out to Heather at allstardentalacademy.com or myself, Eric, at allstardentalacademy.com. We thank you so much for spending your time with us today and listening. Thanks again, Alistair. I truly appreciate you. And for those that are joining us and taking the time to invest in yourself, thank you. And until next time, go out there and be an all-star. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.